Welcome back, everyone, to another special episode of the 5-Minute Drill. I'm your host, Simran Sandu, and today I'm joined by David Lee, who's the CFO of Impossible Foods, a company backed by Kosla, Ryzen's, and Bill Gates that develops plant-based substitutes for meat products. Now, before we get started, here's a quick message from our sponsor. Thinking about purchasing something on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist for the upcoming holidays, but worried about getting scammed or meeting some stranger in a dark parking lot? Well, Deliveren is here to solve that problem by removing the in-person meetup. That's right, you can now order items on these marketplaces, and through the Deliveren app, those items will be delivered right to your doorstep. Not only is this convenient as all payments are done within the app, but Deliveren truly makes the process safer by hiding your personal details from the seller, and you can also verify the item condition using their in-app video chat. With their fleet of vetted drivers, DeliverN also helps local businesses reduce their overhead by providing delivery services. Right now, they've also got a special going on. For all new users that create an account, you will receive $50 in credits to apply to future marketplace items. So make sure to download the app today in the App Store. David, thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. So David, I want to start this interview off by asking you about your company raising an additional $200 million recently, which is a tough thing to do in itself, but I imagine the timing presented its own challenges. So as CFO, can you share a bit about what that process was like? Well, it's interesting. As the global pandemic hit, um, we actually closed $500 million uh, the Friday before we ordered the shelter in place, and then an additional $200 million to follow. For us, Impossible Foods has had the benefit of these global institutions like Miri Global Asset Management and Viking, as well as earlier investors that really believe in our long-term path. So while the pandemic has disrupted our lives, the, the belief by investors that our, our hypergrowth for the Impossible Burger and Impossible Beef and, and Sausage was really consistent. And so for us, we feel like it was a privilege to be able to have investors who are willing to step up uh, and who really believe that independent of this terrible year we're all going through, there was a bright future for the company. Yeah. And just looking ahead, how is the company thinking about potentially accessing public markets? Clearly, the Beyond Meat IPO was well received. And we've also seen other companies like Tattooed Chef pursue the SPAC route. Well, we're not announcing an, either a SPAC, DSPAC, an IPO or a direct listing today. Um, We've been operating for some time with both an executive team and business processes that are pretty consistent with us operating at the highest level of being public. And it is a strategic option for the company. Right now, benefiting from the uh, important investments uh, that we're making today, we're just focused on growth. Um, And the good news is um, being able to be public is a choice that we could choose to make down the road. Uh, In the meantime, we're much more focused on serving uh, more impossible burger to these meat eaters that we're serving. And as you mentioned growth, it's clear that meat alternatives are growing in popularity, but how has Impossible Foods been able to find success against such a competitive meat industry here in the United States? Well, for those of us who enjoy eating meat, it, it is a bit of an addiction. You know, we think of each meal defined by what meat we're going to have with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so our approach has always been to meet meat eaters where they are and uh, to re- recognize they vote with their stomachs. I mean, they, they really know what's craveable and desirable. And, and the Impossible Burger and Impossible Sausage were designed from the get-go 
to appeal to that craveability. So happens that it has no cholesterol and as much protein and uses a fraction of the world's resources. But the key is to make sure that the meat eater can crave our products. And, you know, 90% of our customers are self-avowed carnivores. So for us, the key to success is to offer a better product than whatever else is in the market. And when it comes to increasing access, you've also partnered with chains like Burger King. And I'm curious, how impactful has that been? Our approach has always been at Impossible Foods to be for every meat eater. Um, While we launched at David Chang's Michelin-starred franchise Momofuku initially, you saw us then launch at White Castle, uh, which is America's oldest burger chain. And then, as you know, Burger King has been a wonderful partner. The Impossible Whopper is able to be enjoyed across thousands of locations. For us, it was a step in the long path of being one day, we hope, ubiquitous for every meat eater. It was an important step for the company in that it proved to a lot of external critics that meat eaters across the country and hopefully soon across the world would embrace products that were simply better made from plants like the Impossible Burger. Uh, And so that validation was great um, for both the company and our investors. Now, as we switch gears here, we have the holidays coming up. And in a lot of ways, meat has been ingrained into our culture, with one example being turkey and Thanksgiving this week. So does your company have any plans to try and make these norms more accommodating to meat alternatives? Well, even when the company was founded, we always thought the home chef was the absolute target eventually for us. You know, the thing about meat is you can take a pound of it home and turn it into bolognese or a, a, a dumpling or a burger. And the Impossible Burger is the only product that's plant-based that is transformable in the hands of a home chef during the holidays. In fact, we even published a cookbook uh, and and created our own direct-to-consumer business so that home chefs everywhere, whether it's Thanksgiving or any holiday, can take it home and turn it into what they view their favorite meals are. Um, And so we're hopeful that that will persist. I can't wait to see pictures online in social media about what people do with the Impossible Burger now that they can get it direct to consumer as well as in these 15,000 grocery locations that we're at today. Now, David, as we wrap this interview up, what would be one piece of advice, personal or career related, that you would like to extend to young professionals who are listening to this podcast? I think one of the better quotes from a mentor of mine, I think it was someone named Branch Rickey who first said it, is that uh, luck is the residue of design. And and the idea is that um, when everything that you can control has been controlled, uh, the ball bounces in your favor, so to speak. Um, So I'd encourage everyone listening to to not look for that quick hit, but to make sure they have the mentors, that they have the background, the learning, so that when good fortune may arrive, that they're ready. Uh, That would be my advice. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting and hearing all of those wonderful insights. Thanks. Take care. And folks, that wraps up the five-minute drill for this week. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving, and we look forward to catching you bright and early Monday morning as we continue our journey to redefine how you experience news. 